as Mick's just said, I'm taking it, carrying on the series, which is looking at the basic um, things that we would teach a new Christian, someone who perhaps doesn't have a background in church, who hasn't grown up in church or hasn't been in church before. Actually, the Lord's Supper, which is something that's so much a part of our church life, is actually quite weird. It's perhaps something that you might not think about if you've grown up with it. I've, I grew up in a Christian home and I knew about communion or the Lord's Supper from when I was a, a girl. Therefore, it wasn't actually strange for me. But for someone who hasn't got that experience of church, it's actually really strange. For a start, we have all these different names that we have called the Lord's Supper, which is honest. Oh, yeah. Okay. So the Eucharist, Lord's Supper, Holy Sacrament, Communion, Breaking of Bread, so many different names. And yet we're basically talking about the same thing. But just imagine you've got somebody who's become a Christian. So you say to them, so we're celebrating the Lord's Supper on Sunday. Oh, so is the church providing the food or is it bring your own? For somebody who hasn't got a church background, they don't actually know what we're talking about. It might have, it's actually a totally alien concept, remembering Jesus' death by taking a little bit of bread and a, little bit, and a glass of wine. Something that people can relate with are festivals that remember things or events from times when we remember. So just at the moment, this time of year, what are we celebrating with bonfires? Well, when I was a girl, I was taught the little ditty. Remember, remember the 5th of November, gunpowder, treason and plot. In actual fact, what you probably don't realise, it was actually by statute that you had to go to a service on the 5th of November and the bonfires were to celebrate the fact that there was a great escape from death. If though that gunpowder explosion had gone off, every single person in the House of Lords would have been killed. And probably... <laughs> It was a great escape from death. And what about this one? It's next Sunday. It's Remembrance Sunday. And what, it, what are we remembering in Remembrance Sunday? We're remembering those that gave their lives to bring us freedom. So when you light a bonfire, or you lay a wreath, you're doing an act of remembrance. And one way of explaining communion, the Lord's Supper, to somebody who hasn't got an understanding of that is to say, actually, it's an act of remembrance. And we have. The phrase, do this in remembrance of me. Can you move them on for me? So what is the Lord's Supper? To 
to remember where the, the whole idea of the Lord's Supper comes from, we need to go back to the Bible. Good source book. The Last Supper was held on the night before Jesus' crucifixion. It was the very last time he met with his disciples before he was killed. Let's read the account together in Luke 22. Then came the day of unleavened bread, on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare for it? They asked. He replied, as you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters. And say to the owner of the house, the teacher asks, where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, all furnished. Make preparations there. They left and found things just as Jesus had told them. So they prepared the Passover. When the hour came, Jesus and his apostles reclined at the table. And he said to them, I have eagerly desired to eat this Passover with you before I suffer. For I tell you, I will not eat it again until it finds fulfillment in the kingdom of God. After taking the cup, he gave thanks and said, take this and divide it among you. For I tell you, I will not drink again from the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread gave thanks and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, after, take, after the supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, which is poured out for you. The Passover is a celebration that the Jews would have taken part in every year. They would go up to Jerusalem and they would celebrate a great escape. The great escape was when Moses led the people of Israel out of Egypt. If you remember the story, Moses and going up to Pharaoh and you had a series of plagues. And the worst of these plagues was the last one, when the firstborn son of every household was going to be killed. And what God said was that the people of Israel, to protect themselves, they had to take a lamb, a male lamb, a year old, without blemish, and they would kill this lamb, and they would put the blood on the doorposts. Yeah, pretty gruesome, but that was, that, was the, that was the way to protect the people of Israel from the angel of death when he passed over the land. As that happened, the people were saved from death. And then Moses led the people out of Egypt. And you see the picture of or out of Egypt, away from slavery and through the Red Sea and to the promised land. The Passover was a great opportunity. They would have a great celebration because they were remembering 
that they were free from slavery and delivered from death. They were literally passed over by the angel of death. And it's in this context that Jesus draws his disciples together. And he does what they've been doing every year. They were celebrating this great escape. And this is just a picture of the great escape that Jesus brought to us when he died on the cross. He took the regular symbols of the meal and gave them new meaning. First of all, there's the bread. There would have been symbolic words spoken over it at the Passover, but Jesus gave this bread new significance. He said, this bread is my body broken for you. The Jews would have understood this is relating to the great escape. So Jesus is saying, actually, the great escape is no longer in what we've been looking at in, in the Passover. The great escape is from sin. And you're going to get that through me, through my death and suffering. This is my bread, my body broken for you. And this bread is symbolic of that. Then we have the wine. The wine poured out, but the wine of the new covenant. The new covenant. Now, covenant is an agreement between two parties. In the Old Testament, we have the covenant between the people of Israel and God, that they were his special people. When we come to the new covenant, this is a covenant of grace for all people who put their trust in Jesus. But we, we get to the point of saying, actually, we can't save ourselves. We are totally reliant on the death and resurrection of Jesus for our salvation. It's a new covenant of grace that Jesus has brought us life. When they sacrificed the Passover lamb, they were remembering the sacrifice of a lamb back in the days when they were freed from Egypt. And they would repeat this as a pass the Passover meal. But they wouldn't have missed the significance that Jesus was saying that he was the Passover lamb. He was actually replacing this need for a sacrifice for, for freeing them from, from sin. He was actually going to be the, the means of eternal salvation. You wouldn't need to do any more sacrificing. It was Jesus, all in Jesus and his death and resurrection that we are saved. So let's look at that. Go on. Why, so why do we celebrate the Lord's Supper? Why do we celebrate the Lord's Supper? Because Jesus told us to. Do this in remembrance of me. Those words are, are spoken by Jesus. He asked us to remember his death and resurrection as we share this meal together. It was also part of the early church tradition. We know that they took on what Jesus has said and they took him seriously. And in Acts 2, 42, we read that they, referring to the disciples, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. 
This is going back to one of those other ways of talking about the Lord's Supper that we sometimes use. So breaking of bread is just referring to the breaking of bread, Jesus' body broken for us. So it's, his, it's another way of talking about the Lord's Supper. So they used to do this regularly. It doesn't say how regularly, but they used to do it regularly. So why did we have to do this action of breaking bread and having wine? When Jesus get told us to do it, he wanted us to take this, make this, this was really important stuff. So he didn't want to just say it. Now, if you've heard of it, it's, it's an ancient Chinese proverb, which actually was then rephrased by Benjamin Franklin. So he said, tell me, and I forget. Teach me, and I may remember. Involve me, and I learn. Jesus wanted this to get a grip of our souls. That's why we do something. So we have two what we call sacraments, which are special um, ceremonies, if you like, that we do in, in church. So we have the, the ceremony of baptism, a public statement of our faith in Jesus, where we go down into the water and come up out of the water signifying standing along with Jesus in his death and resurrection. What we're doing here in sharing the Lord's Supper is we are remembering his death again and how we are trusting in his death and resurrection for our salvation. But there's another aspect about the Lord's Supper that we perhaps don't think about quite so much. We're looking back to Christ's death but we're also looking forward to Christ's second coming. This is put very clearly in the passage in Corinthians where Paul's talking about the Lord's Supper. So he says, whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So this is not something we're going to keep doing in eternity. This is something that we are doing to remember the Lord Jesus and his death and resurrection and what that means for us as Christians until he comes back again. So this is a really important thing. Actually, we're looking back to what Jesus has done for us, but we can be excited about the fact that he's coming back. If you're a new Christian, you perhaps don't know about how we do communion. Therefore, it's important you talk about how we celebrate the Lord's Supper here in our church. There are lots of different options if you go to different churches and celebrate communion. Some people have wine. Some people have grape juice. Here we have grape juice. Some people have a big cup. Some people have lots of little cups. We have little cups. And sometimes people have bread and sometimes people have wafers. It doesn't matter. We believe that these are just, these are symbols, important symbols, but they're symbols representing the body and blood of Jesus. So what we do in this church is generally speaking, we have the bread and wine at the back that people go and help themselves to. 
and then come back. Now, the important thing is that this is not something we do in isolation. What we do is we eat and drink together. In Acts 2, 46, it says every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. This is not a do it on your own thing. This is very much something that we do as church. Whether it's small groups or whether it's a big church gathering. And in our church, we don't believe that any particular, we don't believe that Mick has to serve communion to people as the elder of our church. We don't believe that that's necessary. We believe that actually we can all serve one another. A very important question that you need to talk about when you're talking, learning about communion, the Lord's Supper, is who can eat the Lord's Supper? It's important that you make it very clear that it is a meal for believers. It is a meal for those people that are relying on the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, who are saved by faith in what Jesus has done for them. Now, if there is anybody here today who isn't a Christian, who hasn't taken that step of faith, that doesn't mean to say you can't take communion today because Jesus is offering you the chance to make that step of faith today. You can believe that Jesus died for your sins. You can believe that he rose again to set you free from sin and to live a life for him. And you can make that choice today. But if you haven't made that choice, then this meal is not for you. This is for believers, people who've put their faith in Jesus. This is for church. But even if you are a committed Christian, this is something that you have to take seriously. In 1 Corinthians 11, Paul is talking about a situation where the Lord's Supper wasn't being done well. This is a situation in those days, they were having what they, what they termed a love feast. So they were gathering the church together and they were sharing the Lord's Supper. But what they weren't doing was sharing. They had the rich people coming in and stuffing themselves and the poor people who perhaps were slaves or other people who were having to be to work for their living who weren't getting there in time. So the rich people were getting drunk while those that came later were not getting anything to eat. And Paul was very harsh in the way he wrote to the Corinthians. He made it very clear that this was not the way that they should be behaving because they weren't behaving like Jesus' church. Jesus wants us to love one another. And it's very important that as we come to take communion later that we hold this very seriously. So it says, 
So then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. Everyone, that's all of us, including me, including Mick, we all need to examine ourselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. Exactly what do we mean by examining ourselves? I believe this is about asking yourself, am I listening to God? Is he telling me to do something that I'm just blatantly disobeying? Am I actually choosing to walk in a path that I know is not right? Am I deliberately sinning? Am I refusing to be reconciled with a fellow believer who I have a raging quarrel with? Jesus said, by this you'll know, they'll know, the world will know that they're my, you are my disciples if you have love for one another. If we don't have an attitude of love towards God and towards each other, then we're not acting as church. What we are doing is taking a meal together as church. We eat and drink together. And this is, if you like, a public covenant renewal. So it's a renewal of a covenant between Jesus and his church. And I was thinking about this phrase and I was thinking, this is like saying your marriage vows again. That's why it's a serious business. That's why Paul was so cross with the Corinthians for messing it up. So this is like saying your marriage vows again, where you are saying that you are, you are going to just be faithful to one partner. So this church is where we're saying that we're going to be faithful to one God, that we're proclaiming Jesus' death, that we're proclaiming salvation through faith. It's like making a statement of solidarity with Jesus for his work on the cross. This is the covenant, the new covenant that we live under, a covenant that Jesus has written on our hearts. He's filled us with his Holy Spirit, that we can live for him. So as we take communion, I've grown up calling it communion rather than the Lord's Supper. So as we take communion, the Lord's Supper, we share that meal together. You need to ask yourself, have I got the right attitude towards God and the other people in my fellowship? Is there something I need to put right before I come to the table? You might not be able to physically actually go and sort that out right there and then. But is your attitude right? Do you want to be reconciled? I think it's a lot to do with our attitude, that we're going to, I've got an attitude, actually, I want to go on with God. I want to be one with my brothers and sisters. As we come to communion, 
remember that we're proclaiming the Lord's death. But just as a marriage service is a serious business, but it's also a joyful occasion. So when we're celebrating the Lord's Supper, it's a serious business, but it's actually a joyful occasion because we're saying thank you, God. That's what Eucharist means, thanksgiving. So we're saying thank you to Jesus for what he's done for us, but also looking forward to his second coming when we'll be eating the wedding feast in heaven with him. Do this in remembrance of me. We proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. I'm going to hand over to Mick so that we can lead, he's going to lead us into sharing the Lord's Supper together. <laughs>